right well after much trial and error of the microphone we finally uh, made it work and happy two years babe it's been a rough rough start with this microphone but but not a rough start to year three to year three yeah it's only been going for one day i know so far so good so far so good i spent i spent the morning uh watching the michael uh, michael jordan series yeah on netflix and i uh i slept in and then went on a little run i've started running a little bit which is something very new for me that's very new for addy yeah and i thought i hated it my whole life but it turns out i think i don't hate it what about your shin splints because shin splints i haven't gotten any actually because i remember the first bunch of times i ever heard you talk about running it was like I can't run because yeah. I have shin splints. I just complained. I think it might be my shoes, honestly. Because ever since I got those new shoes, I haven't had any shin splints. Really? Or maybe just I've run more. Or I'm not quite sure. But I haven't had any shin splints you since I started. You should swap out your shoes tomorrow or for the next Experiment. week and see if they come back. Maybe I will. We have to wash them. We haven't washed them. We went to Sequoia. When did we go to Sequoia? Like I don't know. A couple probably weeks a ago? month ago now. Yeah. It was over the 4th of July. Yeah, it was, and it uh, it's August 1st today, and I still have not washed our shoes since that trip. I need to. My vans are dirty. Yep. That trip was awesome, though. It was really cool. Like, I, it was insane to see how tall those trees were, in all honesty. And how thick. Yeah. And how thick, uh, like, the, it, it doesn't, most trees seem to start out. Well, maybe that's not even true. Maybe that's just my incorrect perception. But what I was going to say is that maybe they, or most trees start out thick and then kind of narrow to the top. But yeah. honestly, maybe I just noticed it for the first time because they're so thick at the bottom and they remain extremely thick to the top. Yeah. Yeah, thick. you did mention that quite a bit <laughs> when we were crazy. there. It was just crazy. I couldn't, and I know that those Sherman, or the sequoia trees, Sherman being the biggest one, their root system is not like I guess it's sufficient enough for them to continue to stand the mm-hmm. Sherman trees like thousands of years old <clears throat> but its roots but it, are pretty it, shallow right? it's a shallow root system so like for those trees to it's crazy when you drive in there and it's, you see the science like you're entering the forest or the giant, <laughs> the giant forest, forest. It, yes it's crazy it's like the air kind of cools off you see these mammoth trees. It yeah. really feels like you're entering into like a different realm. Yeah, but you totally earn it though. Like that drive up to the giant forest entrance, it's like an hour long of just back and forth winding roads. Yeah, made that made me car sick for sure. Yeah, and we both had headaches the first day going into it. I'm pretty sure, right? Um, I don't remember if I had a headache. I just know I was very car sick. Yeah. I remember I found Advil in my backpack, and it was, like, you the best day ever. Sure. Yeah. But that trip was really, really, really cool. Stayed on the side of a lake, ate some, some pizza. pizza. Um, and I was, I mean, there's so many windy roads, and it's so much ascension, too, to get up to that area that, like, on the way back down, you know. It, I was just worried about my brakes burning out because you could smell all the other cars yeah. around us. Like you, could, Someone's brakes were burning. I'm glad it wasn't well, ours. And there was a car with an older couple in it. I think it was one of our last times out of the park where um, they 
Ew. Look at all the black crap in that cup. Ew, what is that? Black powder that I've been drinking. I have no idea. Gross. Anyway. Did you get this from the filter? Yeah. It's filtered water. Filtered water with ashes in it. Anyway, distraction. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we had a bird's nest up in our like vent on top of our oven and there were tiny little bird mites. We came home from a weekend away and they were everywhere on the stove. And I think we've been a little bit paranoid since then of little tiny little microscopic bugs everywhere. Yeah, just for a couple of days. It wasn't yeah. too bad, but it is way better. You catch one on your skin crawling around, it's just freaking You gross. got the itchies all day. Until you take a shower. Yeah. Yep. So let's get into why we wanted to even record this from in the first place. Yeah. Yesterday was our two year anniversary. Whoop whoop. We are two years old. Toddler stage. Terrible twos. Good job. Thanks. We did it. We did it. We survived. We thrived. We learned. Yeah. Honestly, I... Patty learned how to wake up before noon. <laughs> He's exaggerating. I never woke up at noon. But 9 o'clock. 11.30. Yeah. No. When when you were single. That's true. Living when I was single, in North Hollywood. I remember my friend Michaela and I would have to set alarms to wake up to get to an 11.30 dance class. And it was rough. So now I'm consistently waking up, I'll say, before 8 safely that's safe and on i think about 6 30 to 6 50 most mornings during the week now say that again how early like 6 40 6 50 sounds right ish and yeah. if i'm not out of bed then then i'm like waking up then yes you have sex been good for me in that way <sighs> but yeah i've learned to wake up and seize the day I've done a lot more reading than I have probably ever in these last two, three years of knowing Zach, yeah. which has been awesome. No, it is awesome, if as long as it's not overbearing. No. See, that's one thing we definitely can, you know, I guess just record as, you know, I one thing that I learned is how to be in a relationship, <laughs> right? Because this was really my first relationship. Yeah my first actual official relationship mm -hmm. and so i i came in guns blazing like and with the best of intentions right like oh my gosh i just read the best book you gotta read it oh this podcast was <laughs> unbelievable you gotta listen to it you can't you it's hard to keep up yeah it is and, and but like that would and so like it comes across as overbearing sometimes or I'm trying to change you when really I'm just just excited, excited about all the share. things yeah which I feel like that's been something that we've definitely adjusted to like that's one of the things we've learned since being married is that we just have to find like a good balance between you know I don't know for example your books and my desire to read all of the books mm -hmm. you know because I do want to read some but I don't know. I'd like to share your love on some, but maybe not all of them. Because yeah. he reads like three books at a time right now. 
right? It's true, I guess. Our uh, whoever's might listen to this one day doesn't know any really anything about us. Yeah. I'm in a book club. I used to have a work book club before COVID nineteen struck, um, but that has since died off. Um, and then yeah, I'm usually reading a physical book, listening to a couple audio books, and uh, you know, there's a part of me that thinks it would be better to slow down and I, I don't know I because I want to like absorb the information right and what good is information if it goes in one ear and out the other so there's one side of me that says you should slow down and you should read these books at a much slower pace and take notes on them which I do take notes on some of them but you should take notes you should incorporate it and you know if it's a good book don't move on until you've applied what you've learned mm. But then on the other hand, there's a part of me that says, well, you know, maybe it is good to just constantly be learning and listening, even if you just find it interesting in that moment, because maybe something that you hear in that moment, maybe on book 63 of the year, like maybe that's the one thing that will interest you and spark you to go down a different path that you might not have gone down otherwise, totally. if you had been taking your time. So. I do think that there's value, there's daily value in consuming uh, good information or just different information. Yeah, which totally makes sense. And you, you're good and consistent. Like I feel like Zach always, even though I'm work, like I'm better at getting up early. Like Zach is consistently up. Well, you're better than you were before at getting up early. Yeah, but Zach is consistent at getting up early and like getting his own reading done kind of doing his more personal stuff before his work day starts which I think is really cool and a lot of people don't do including myself and we should because I think that like having that time to yourself is really important with whatever you want to do I agree I wholeheartedly agree yeah dead air <laughs> <laughs> go ahead um, I'm trying to think of like I don't know, we were chit-chatting yesterday, eating, and I asked Zach what, like, the highlight of our second year married was. And I don't know if you had a straight answer, but I think one of mine... Oh, no, you did. But my straight answer was just, like, all of the van trips. Mm -hmm. I loved the van trips, specifically the one to see the elephant seals, is what you said. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that was definitely... I mean, they're all super fun. That was one of my favorites. Um, but we can we can back up a little bit. A year yeah. ago, well, I guess we should back up even more. A couple of years ago, um, you know, there's been a van trend for the last five, ten years almost. Yeah. And Whenever you listen we to have this, it'll couple, be interesting to see. Sorry, where the van trend has gone. Um, and we have a couple friends. Yeah, I guess two solid. Uh, you know, couple of friends that had, have a van that kind of just were, you know, our first exposure. And, and so I started really wanting a van for the last couple of years and Addie jumped on board and was more enthusiastic than I was, honestly, yeah. and at certain times about it. Like, for instance, when we were about to pull the trigger. Oh, yeah, I was gung ho. And you found it. You were the yep, one who found it. Yep, I found the van on, on Amazon, or yeah, Facebook Marketplace. Yep. We went and checked it out, and 
we basically had an hour or so to decide whether we wanted the van because um, we had driven all the way to the valley to test drive it. Mm. Well, the time constraint was due to the bank closing. Yes, that's right. It was a far right. drive to like past Burbank or maybe it was Burbank. No, mm-hmm. where was it? It was... Somewhere east. Yeah. What's the city past Burbank? Like one city to the east? One city east? Yeah, it's not. No, it's not that. I'll look. Um, But I was... I was down to go check it out, but, you know, it was... What was it listed at? Like 7,000 or 73 Yeah, it's like 73, 75 something. And the woman we were... You know who owned the van at the time said that someone else had offered her already mm. so it was kind of like we have to decide whether we want to buy this van or not in the next hour so we can get to the bank get her the money and have the van yeah and I was uh, just I don't know I really wanted the van but when it came time to buy it I was scared yeah to pull the trigger because I the only other thing in my life up to that point that I had spent like that much money on was my programming boot camp mm-hmm. which was only like four thousand and a wedding ring and a wedding ring holla looking at my rubber <laughs> wedding ring right here even no that a little bit but um, so we listened to you know as as we were preparing uh to negotiate I threw on, uh, I don't know if I threw on like the, the actual audiobook or just like the spark notes of it for never split the difference. Yeah. And I honestly think it helped. It gave us a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I absolutely do. In the negotiations. There was a little bit of back and forth. But in the end, we ended up paying for it and we took it home. And I was pumped. Like, I was gung-ho with that van from the beginning. I was way excited about well, it. she wanted whatever amount of money. What was her name? Oh, A. It started with an A. St- I can't remember. I can't either. Um, it was different, though. I do remember yes. that. Yes. Uh, it was a direct TV van, and uh, she wanted, you know, a certain amount of money, and, and we said, we're not, we can't pay more than 6300 or whatever it was mm-hmm. and she goes oh okay well you know came back with 6500 and we said sorry mm. 63 and then she caved so you know my reluctance to pull the trigger plus listening to that book beforehand yeah absolutely felt like we got a good deal and it was really exciting um i remember i recorded a tiny little clip when we were in the van just like we bought a van <clears throat> i bet it was loud because that thing had holes in the floor and it was just like it was so uh uh, yeah like the noise just penetrated everywhere like an empty metal box i remember the first time we drove that down to bailey and cole's down in uh saber springs yeah like you couldn't you couldn't listen to music you could barely talk to each other like it was that loud but once we got just a wind tunnel yeah so that leads us into the next phase of the van. Um, Cole and Bailey, at this point in life, live in San Diego. And Cole has a desire and an interest in projects, like building things and well, stuff. Well, he's just a handyman. Yeah. He worked for uh, like a you know restoration company. He's, he's a man's man. Yeah. You know, and helped us out a lot. So he, he definitely helped us with the van like insulation framing basically all of it 
he was right there with yeah, us. Framing was a huge one. Mm-hmm. And I think we inspired him a little bit because now he, they have a little weekend car that they've put some stuff in. They've built it a little bit. It's not crazy, but. Yeah, I, I mean, it's an iOverland or whatever you want to call it. It's a Lexus that they jacked up and put some fancy wheels on. Yep. But yeah, so that's basically the van. We've had the van for almost a full year in September. I noticed that last night, which is crazy. His and name is looks, Gary, by it, the way. His name is Gary. We came to that decision because at the time that we bought the van, we were watching Parks and Rec for my first time, and one of the characters switches out from being like Gary to Jerry to Larry. I don't even know, but he's just like this older chubby dude, white guy. And so I, I liked it. So I said, you are Gary. Cause our van is a white, like Zach said, a white old direct TV. 2009. It is, it's 2020. So what is that? 11 years. 11 years. I can math. You can math. I couldn't math. That it's, was rough for me. It's because the pressure is on. People are listening to yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Are you nervous? I'm not that nervous. Are you, are no, I'm so good. Are you shaking? No. Yeah, fun fact about me. When I get nervous or when I haven't eaten, I get really shaky. We call it the shakes. And my hands just shake just a little. Or when my adrenaline's pumping. It shakes, but I'm doing well. Did you get... So a couple of days ago, or was it yesterday, we had an earthquake. Ooh, yeah. It wasn't big though. It hit up like north of the valley, and we we're in Santa Monica, so we barely felt anything. But like at maybe seven or eight in the morning, there was an aftershock. Um, yeah, I mean earthquakes are just an interesting subject of themselves. Yeah. How many have you? How many have you like been in since? Or before you? Before like you and I knew each other, have um, you experienced any? I think I'd experienced one that I can remember. Um, it was actually in um, the, I think like the Del Mar Beach Club condos across the street from Sand Pebbles, which is where we were a couple weeks ago. Mm. And we were in like a nicer condo. Um, I was pretty young. I think I was probably like 10 or 11. And the condo just come started shaking like a vase fell off of a, you know, stand and broke. And you could definitely feel it. Oh no, and then we, there was another one last 4th of July. We were in Newport. Right, Oh, I was asking before. Yeah, but since we've known each other, I think I've, this was the second earthquake. Mm-hmm. With two years, three years of knowing each other. Two earthquakes. We're survivors. High five. Thanks. Yeah, that one on the 4th of July was hilarious. We were down in Newport and hanging out with some of my college baseball buddies from UNLV and uh, Cody Howard, uh, uh, Joey Armstrong, and who else was there? Girlfriends. Girlfriends. We were uh, we were at just a, a restaurant or a bar, and right on the I kind of looked around, saw the lights moving, and and then Joey goes, "Am I just drunk, or is this whole place shaking?" <laughs> And that's when kind of everyone else noticed. And yeah, it, it doesn't feel jerky. Well, I'm sure if you experience a severe earthquake, it would probably feel pretty jerky, but it feels like the the ground is kind of just sliding around underneath you. Like mm-hmm. it's smooth almost. Yeah. 
<clears throat> it was that an earthquake was interesting though because I feel like earthquakes go pretty quickly and on the 4th of July you could like notice it think about it register and still be experiencing the earthquake like it was long mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of crazy I don't know when you have time to think about it yeah when is this thing gonna end is it gonna, is it about to get worse exactly. that's the question that I always ask myself and then like let's just make sure we keep an eye on the ocean that was a, like an unrealistic fear of mm-hmm. mine but I was like oh my gosh we're right next to the water I hope well it's not happens. unrealistic if that's where the epicenter is yeah I guess that's true then start climbing on the roof yeah get away from the tidal wave yeah the other day I was like debating when I felt it here in the apartment, I was like, should I go wake Addie up? Is this about to get worse? Do I stand in a doorway? Do I get under a table? I mean, all I remember is in elementary school, them saying, get underneath your desk yep. for an earthquake drill. But I don't know what the proper procedure is, which is yeah. probably bad form if we live in Los Angeles. But to be fair, Utah's had just as many earthquakes as we've had yep. since we've been living out here. Mm-hmm. So there's no no running, no, no escaping hiding. escaping it, for sure. Yeah, and uh, another thing, I guess, a major thing that we haven't even touched on is COVID. It's the year of COVID. And Coronavirus. We have been basically quarantined since March. It's 2020 right now, so March of 2020. We started quarantine. And it's now August. And things are just getting worse. According to the numbers. Yeah, they're roller coasting. They're going up and down. Yeah. It's been super interesting though. Like I'm working remotely, as is most of uh, you know, the people who can work remotely. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, most white collar jobs are all just remotely. Like there's a trend kind of this WFA work from anywhere. It's you know, I think Twitter said it's not requiring its uh, workers to be in the office ever. Mm-hmm. And I just got the okay from my boss, which is really exciting to, you know, he said we can move, don't have to stay in California. Um, and I can, I mean, because I'm already working remotely and we've proved over the last four months or so that we're just it's as productive. Mm-hmm. So. So we can go wherever we want. Where do you want to go? I don't know. And that's what's interesting about the upcoming next few years is we've got a lot of free range almost. Because I I started school back up again. But I think I can do everything that I need to do online. And so it's just a matter of like where do we want to go? Where do we want to live? Just crazy what do we want to explore it's also a question of do we want to add complication and change unnecessarily into our life true you know and that's most people are super resistant to change i think you and i are too like not not more so than other people i'm just saying in general like Mm -hmm. do we you know like when it was time to buy the van do i really want to spend i've been saying we had saved up the money it's not like we weren't preparing for a year but even even going from being in a state of saving to purchasing that was resistant and so yeah we could sell all all of our furniture right now and move but do we really want changed are we really ready to leave los angeles yeah i don't know yeah 
And for me, too, I, I feel like I've always been one who is less resistant to change. Um, maybe less so now. But it's, it's an exciting thing to think about for me. Like, hmm. I kind of would love to just sell everything and pack up and move and just fly by the seat of our pants for a little bit. But you say you've always been that way? Yeah. I mean, I moved out to L.A. by myself when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always just kind of been excited for new things in terms of location. Hmm. I haven't always been that way with every regard, in every regard, but definitely, like, I would always love to travel. I always want to go explore something in terms of like living or vacationing Mm -hmm. so I mean even I brought up yesterday kind of as a joke but I was like we could move out in a month and before High School Musical starts up again we could just live wherever we want in Airbnbs and I kind of was serious like it sounds exciting to me to just like go start something new pun intended I wonder if uh What's that pun? A high school musical pun? Yeah. I wonder if I uh, am allowed to take my monitor or if I'm going to have to give it back to Thrive before oh, yeah. we move. I have a nice little setup at the house right now, at the apartment. A monitor from my office and a desk. And that's the one thing about working remotely. you got to make yourself somewhat comfortable. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you'll, you'll be miserable. You won't be able to get into a rhythm. And I think part of that, too, is when Zach is at his desk, it's, like, work time. And when he's not working, I've found that he's usually not sitting at that desk ever. Yeah, that's true. It gives him kind of a space. Like, even though we have a small apartment, that desk is his office. And he's not really at his quote-unquote office. Yeah, and I mean, I I can't maybe... uh... I was going to try and bring up an example of a book. I guess Deep Work is an example of that Mm -hmm. book by Cal Newport. I freaking love that book. Um, (laughs) But, you know, he talks about how if you want to do deep work, if you want to, like, do good work that's uninterrupted and where you're really producing at a high level, you need one of those spaces. Yeah. And he gives examples of all these writers, you know, who kind of have this, like, a writing cabin on the back of their property and they only go in there when they're riding and like don't take any distractions with them and so having designated areas is super helpful and you kind of saw that with your sleeping habits at the beginning of this yes i did i because zach works in the living room i was you know working on my school in the bedroom sitting on the bed and um i just found that like I was not sleeping well at all I just was a little bit restless it took me a really long time to fall asleep and I think it's just because my body like stopped learning the difference between you know where I'm sleeping and where I'm working basically where I'm spending my day so then I moved out to the living room and it basically immediately got better but yeah it'll be exciting one day to have hopefully a room to go and work Mm -hmm. as opposed to a space so working from home figuring out how to be in your apartment more often yep being away from friends what other coronavirus changes there they'll give you they gave people tickets at the beginning for (laughs) paddle boarding out in the ocean away from everyone else it was so ridiculous 
Yeah, it was, um, we definitely became sick of, not each other by any means, but, like, sick of not being around other people. Like, friends. They're just dying You're making to it sound friends. like we don't like each other. No, we love each other. And I didn't, like, I have not had any, like, moments with Zach that I've been like, oh my gosh, I can feel that we've been together for a while in quarantine. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was just like you can only do so much inside your house before you kind of get stir crazy mm-hmm. and like need to see other people. Yeah, I'm surprised at I guess it's been like four or five months and I'm surprised that we haven't gotten on each other's nerves. Mm-hmm. You know, like totally because we don't get out that much. Mm-hmm. We really don't. Like I, there I've had phases where I'm surfing a lot phases when I'm not surfing at all which is right now because there's zero waves <laughs> um, yeah I don't know but it's uh, definitely important to get out of the house yesterday I drove down to the boardwalk and strapped on the roller skates and just cruised for about an hour thanks Sandy for the roller skates I didn't expect that to be such a, a burn on my lower back because ah. you're kind of like leaning forward a little bit mm-hmm. but that's yeah how are your like hamstrings and your hamstrings calves? are fine that's good i think my butt is a little sore yeah but but that lower back it's a good it's a good muscle uh to be working on if you're sitting at a desk or another work from home tip sit on an exercise ball that's yep. really useful i agree but yeah friends uh we definitely miss friends yeah um, and things are like, I think things are still kind of locked down, but people are more open to risking coronavirus to see each other. Yeah. Like I've, I've hung out with Jaden and Vlad. Definitely Jaden. I think we've hung we've out, hung out with, with. We've been to the beach Vlad and stuff with Vlad and Sarah. Um, like, but yeah, it's uh, it definitely uh, one of the saving, I guess, like, grace of coronavirus was that trip that we took in the basically in the middle of it yeah first of all everyone from utah just doesn't care care at all they are cavalier in their feelings towards corona and so yeah we have uh some some friends actually the other van friends I, I guess I didn't mention either of the van well, friends. So there's you, Dan and Aya and yeah. there's Sam and Maggie. Yeah. And Sam and Maggie had, they like lived in their van. They built it all out really cool. Yeah, true van lifers. Yeah. Well, not really true van lifers, but they lived in it for like, what? A couple months. Six, four to six months? Yeah. It was awesome. And it was it, really they cool. did such a good job. But anyway. Yeah, go ahead. They have, um, Maggie's family has this beautiful house right on the beach in Dana Point. And they planned this, like, friend trip in June? I can't remember. May or June. Um, And we went, and there were probably, I think there were, like, 18 to 20 people by the end of the trip that were there. And everybody had a bed. And uh, it was just so much fun. There were, like, 10 couples or 9 couples or something like that. And, like, first and foremost, it was awesome to be with people who are your age and who are also married. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There was just something really cool about you having your person next to you, but also having other people that are in the same chapter of life. Well, I mean, 
that's people that's all of our friends who live in utah yeah <laughs> yeah like we we just aren't used to that because we we live we out live here in LA. yeah um so that was really cool and we just like played games and zach got to surf once or Tw- twice, twice a day, a day for a week. with people who also like surfing and that are pretty decent good i mean better yeah, than no. me for sure um yeah and we just hung out Jay and Aubrey were there. Jay and Ob's were there. Good time with family. It was, and it awesome. was so fun. I worked remotely the first three days, I think, and then, or maybe it was just the first two. two I days. can't remember, but it was just, it was so fun, like being able to walk down to the beach. But really, again, we we stay next to the beach all the time. We live next to the beach, so the beach was not the special thing, even though it was special. Right. The special thing was walking to the beach with tons of friends, with people who were down to surf. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, Parker and and Sam and Davis. Yeah. Super fun. It was just so fun. And then we went to Doheny one day and all the girls That was did some really, surfing. really, really fun. Doheny has the coolest waves, I think. I said that really funny. But the waves are just, like, easy rollers. Right? Yeah. No, they like, are. They're, they're longboarding waves. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. It's it's pretty rare to see people with a short board there yeah so that was super fun i got pretty decent at spike ball that week definitely the most improved yeah i was told by a couple people that i got most improved i feel really proud of that that's all you can ask for yeah and yeah that trip has made me really love playing spike ball and we brought it to we went to solana beach with my family what two weeks ago now last week Anyway, sure. It's all recently, together. yeah. And uh, Bailey and Cole came, and me, Zach, Bailey, Cole, Claire, and my dad played spike ball. And my dad said that it was the highlight of that week. Yeah, I gotta give trip. a shout out to Brian because that. Uh, I mean, again, I I never thought of Brian as a non-athlete, right? A NARP, as they say, as they <laughs> used to say on my team in college a non-athletic regular person i never thought of brian as a narp i just didn't make any assumptions yeah so to see him with beautiful touch and you know he was going for it he well he was just consistent like the ball went where he wanted it to go Mm -hmm. he was setting his team it was it was really fun yeah it was a blast and it was the highlight of brian's trip too so it was and a funny thing also shout out to dad my dad and i were walking to the store one morning and he smelled something funky and goes man that like skunk is really strong and that moment i realized that i was somewhat of an la person because it was most definitely not skunk it was the smell of weed and we had a good laugh when i told him those two don't smell anything alike they do not smell alike to me at all but I imagine that if you don't smell weed on a regular basis. You just assume it's a skunk. Yeah. So that was really funny. Did you know that I actually really like the smell of skunk? No, I did not. Not like a perfume, but as a nostalgia thing. Why? What's nostalgic about it? I don't know. But I think uh, for me, it just kind of always, whenever I smell it, I feel like I'm about to go camping. Or I feel like I am camping. I didn't know that about you. Maybe when I was young found a skunk on a camping trip I have no idea but like it makes me feel kind of like 
I don't know, just like I'm not in the middle of a big city. It makes me feel like I'm somewhere where I can breathe, even though you don't want to breathe in those kind of fumes. It's a little oxymoronic in a way. Yeah. I didn't know that. But That's funny. There you go. So, yeah, that that friend trip was... A blast. It was so fun. And it was fun to, like, just get to know some of those guys a little bit better. Yeah. So we'll we'll have, hopefully, some friends when we go back to Utah. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason we are going back to Utah, which we haven't touched on either, I've been doing High School Musical, the musical, the series. I've been dancing in it. And She's we, famous. I'm famous, kids. Hear me. Um, but we started season two, and then COVID happened, and they shut us down. And Zach and I had been doing long distance up to that point. We did long distance all of season one and for the start of season two. And we are just tired of it. Yeah. We started off doing one month, or sorry, one week out of each month. I would work remotely from Utah. So, we'd, you know, it'd go, three weeks would go by without seeing each other. And that was just like way too long. So after maybe two or three months of that, we switched it up to just flying out every other weekend. And it was just me. Addie was too busy. She was always working on the weekends. So mm-hmm. she didn't, she wasn't in LA for six months. Yeah, I didn't get to come back. So... Yeah, once we switched it to every other weekend, though, it was at least bearable. Yeah. And then season two started, and we started doing long distance again. Mm-hmm. I got the Delta card. Yeah. I was hanging out with all the bougies. We were prepared. In the Delta lounge. But it was hard. Like, I don't know what it was about the second season, but I had a couple nights where I just had a little meltdown. Well, I know what it was. It was the fact that they wouldn't let me on set. Ugh. Yeah, that was... Season Sucky. one's all fine because no one's that no one famous. Yeah. No one knows about the show. Season two, like, the show does well. Gets some traction. Season two rolls around and they they're lock it up. trying to tighten it down a little bit. Yeah, that was really hard. So, you know, you can't let me on there because I'm a liability. I'm going to record on my phone and send it out to the whole world. Yeah, he's going to put Twitter, it on his Instagram. On my non existent Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, that was really hard. Um, which, so, for instance, like that weekend. Yeah. We didn't even see each other. I flew to Utah probably Friday night or maybe even Thursday night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she worked probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we probably hung out for one night. Yeah. Or I, like, like one, to the airport. one night. I mean, like from six o'clock till night. And uh, then we had to go to the airport. So it was a, it was a rough, it was rough one. But... Um, the choreographer on the show, Zach Woodley, he uh, had my back. I went to him and I asked if I could leave or when they were going to be finished filming because I wanted to at least take Zach to the airport. Oh, I forgot about that. And uh, Zach, the choreographer, looked at me and was like, what are you talking about? Like, let's go. Like, let's get you out of here. And so he was awesome, the real MVP. And he let me go and he talked to the directors and they also let me go and they... They filled my spot with someone else for the moment, which was When you weren't awesome. filming anything important, right? Exactly. It was just like background stuff. And so if you wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't... We would have missed you each other. She wouldn't have been able to take me to the airport. Yeah. And so I would have had to Uber. Ugh. Anyway, Ugh. all of those things yeah. combined, COVID hit and we were just done. Like we just didn't... We couldn't... We can't do it anymore. Well, she surpri- you surprised me. Yes. I keep on saying she, like we're talking to some future person, but yeah. I'd rather, 
have a conversation with you. Yeah. You surprised me. Yeah. When I was down in San Diego at that Bailey and Cole's. So Who else? It was you and Bailey. Was that? And Pell. Oh, yeah. I knew there was a yeah. third. I love Mikkel. Yeah. Pell was coming for spring break, I think, for the week. And um, I found out they had shut us down some one of the days in March. And it was it started out as like a two-week thing. So I decided I was going to go home to Zach. But then some cast members was like, you should, you know, they were asked if I was going to surprise him. And I didn't know if I could contain my news the good news from Zach for that long but I managed to do it I drove in with um a friend and I we stopped in Vegas and then Bailey picked me up and we drove the rest of the way to San Diego and I had Zach fooled he was surprised she, did. she got me it was it's really not, funny it's not often that Addie's the one jumping out from behind a corner and scaring <laughs> me or surprising me with stuff but yeah she got me. I, I actually, like, wasn't... It wasn't even on my mind. Yeah. I was just enjoying my time with Bailey. And, or with... It was <laughs> with just Cole. Just Cole. Cole and I were just kicking it. Yep. And Cole knew the whole time as well. Sneaky, Cole and sneaky. Pal and Bailey were all in on it. So Addie comes home, and we've been here for the last five or so months. Mm -hmm. Waiting at... Waiting COVID out. Yep. I've gotten into, uh, you know, a less than healthy habit of paying too much attention to the news and we started out doing really well with like workouts at least I'll speak for myself like staying healthy mentally physically um but then I like the waves kind of died down I stopped surfing as much and then I if I wouldn't work out I wouldn't sleep so it's been kind of like a little bit of an adjustment just like corona I know we've already kind of touched on that but it's it is like a crazy thing you know mm -hmm. what I mean like no one you know everyone I hear talking about it like it's not something that anyone has seen in their lifetimes yeah and he makes a great point like I feel like all of COVID has been just a readjusting period and I agree with you like my mental and physical state definitely went downhill the first couple months like I don't think I did a single workout and you know months mm -hmm. and it definitely took a toll on like my body and probably my digestive system mm, um, COVID body yeah like you really <laughs> the quarantine people are calling it like you just who's calling it that social media pop culture have you actually seen that mm -hmm. um really uh -huh. i'm calling you out right now you yeah i've never seen i'm, I'm not oh on yeah i mean media. i haven't said it because i i haven't the quarantine Luckily, 10. I haven't gained a quarantine 10, but they call it the quarantine. Nice. Yeah. Freshman 15, exactly. quarantine. Exactly, quarantine. But it definitely took a toll, and I'm glad that now we're kind of getting into more of a routine of like, here are Zach's work hours, this is what I'm going to do. I've been watching our neighbor's kids for the last couple months, which has been really, really, mm. really fun. We have great neighbors. Mm -hmm. The best neighbors. They're so fun. Um, and just having like a routine has really helped. Yeah, because you were just kind of floating in the free breeze. floating. Kind of waiting to hear free back floating. from High School Musical and uh, not really wanting to like do anything. And I don't do well when I don't really have a structure, as I feel like most people are. But 
yeah, I feel better now that we have kind of a routine. And you're going through school, yep, cranking I'm that in up school. a little bit. I'm, I'm watching told the kiddos. Addie, I'm not gonna. We're not having children until she finishes school. Yep. Sorry. So I'm trying to do it as fast as I can. <laughs> well, are you baby hungry? I I wouldn't say I'm baby hungry, but I definitely can see myself in the next year or two we're not becoming ready. baby hungry. No, we're not ready. Like right now, you drop a baby in our lap, we're not going to know what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, oh, you will. we would figure, <laughs> maybe me, I don't know, but like. No, but like lifestyle wise, it's yeah. like, okay. Financially, absolutely, we can raise a child. But from where, like, we have some things that we want to, you know, for lack of a better word, check off the list before we feel like we're going to be in a spot where we can have children. Well, life, I don't think life is going to do you any favors if you try and rush everything. Yeah. People who try and grow up too fast usually doesn't turn out so well anyway. But yeah, like, finish school. So if I get hit by a bus, you still have a way to provide. Yeah. You know, my uh, the insurance money's not going to last forever, so. <laughs> yeah. No, that's something that's really important. And at first I was like, oh, man, like, I don't know what I want to do with school. It's going to take me forever. Um, and now that I know what I want to do and I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm grateful that Zach, you know, we together decided that we were going to, I was going to wait. For sure. Yeah, it definitely was a group de- uh, decision. A mutual thing. But, like. I just think, you know, if, if I'm going to get on my preaching, whatever, pedestal right now, I think in general, it's important to have your own life, your own things. Yeah. And being a mom also doesn't last forever. Right. Like, yeah, being a mom transitions to being a grandma, if that's what you want. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, again, it's it. some people definitely see it as that's their job, it's their role, it's their occupation. But it doesn't last forever. Yeah. And then if you associate your identity to being a mom, it's like you're going to tailspin as soon as you're not, as soon as you're an empty nester. Absolutely. So having, again, this is something that I've been harping on probably since the beginning. And before you and I knew each other, I've been getting on Bonnie, my mother, for a long time. Like, it's important to have hobbies. It's important to have your own identity. It's important to be passionate about something yeah you know if someone asks you what do you like to do hang out with my friends okay well cool that you know what I mean like be interested in something yeah hobbies that's another big one that I feel like since being married I've seen the value in because I grew up basically dancing my whole life which I have no regrets about it taught me a lot of really really awesome things but the value of having hobbies that are genuinely just for fun is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. And some of the hobbies that we've picked up since being married and have somewhat faded, but like rock climbing has been one. We really, really enjoyed a rock climbing gym. Rock climbing is so fun. It was a blast. Um, what's another hobby? Surfing. Mm-hmm. We both really, really like surfing. I think those are the two main ones that yeah. you and I have been able to do together. Yeah. Um, I mean, and van lifing it on the weekends even totally could be considered a hobby. But yeah, I think that I've definitely learned the value of being an individual and having, you know, kind of your life before 
you do something like become a parent and not that there's anything wrong with any other decisions that are made but for us specifically I really like the idea of being Zach and being Addie and being husband and wife before being parents Mm -hmm. and was rock climbing was that your idea yes that was my idea you can take credit for that one Uh, I took him on a date to what's it called rock creation yeah and I had a blast like, I thought it was so fun. I think you had a ton of fun, yeah, too. Yeah, no, it was way fun. Um, and for our wedding, one of uh, the guys that I worked with at my gym gave us a gift card to some local, uh, just, like, outdoor goods store. Mm, yeah. And that. that's where we went. We bought climbing shoes, and we signed up for a membership at Cliffs of Id. Yeah, which is a... An- awesome so cool. gym uh, mm-hmm. just huge and clean and there's places you can work out showers steam room or not steam yeah. room but there's a sauna. sauna but just tons of bouldering too bouldering mm-hmm. to me is so fun yeah especially because like when i lived in utah after vegas i went through like a, a phase where i was obsessed with doing bar workouts um, like pull-ups and muscle-ups and uh you know planches things like that just really upper body heavy like mm-hmm. when you're strong on your upper half and really lightweight uh, which is kind of what I was it's very helpful for rock climbing although yeah, it probably inspires uh, it inspires bad habits sometimes but rock climbing was definitely one that I took too quickly yes he did there were people at the gym one of our buddies specifically Steve-O I remember him when Zach first started. Who like, served he, in my same mission. Yeah. Steve-O just said, like, Zach has the climber's body. Like, you know, he's longer. He's got a really strong upper body. He just did it. Like, he he was climbing V, what, V8s? No, I don't think oh. so. V6, maybe? Still. I never got past a V3. Yeah, but you also, you know, we're, we're different people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And totally. I mean, it's... You saw massive improvement. Yeah. Zach is very quick, too. He's a quick learner, I think. You're a quick learner, I guess. I'm not talking to somebody else. Yeah, who are you talking to? I'm right here. I'm talking to our grandkids. No, no, you're talking to Zachary. I'm talking to Zach. I mean, yes, I'm a quick learner, but I I also kind of you know, focus in on it a little bit. Like, totally. I would go after work quite a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything and you focus on and really care about. Like, again, I am... This is a stupid thing to bring up because it's going to make me <laughs> think that... It's going to make uh, it seem like I'm comparing myself to Michael Jordan because I'm not. <laughs> but I've been watching this show. It's freaking awesome. He... I'm really sad, honestly, that... Um, I wasn't aware of what was going on because I was born in 92 and you know Jordan started playing for the Bulls in 84 but he started you know he they had a strong team like 91 92 93 and then I think maybe 95 6 and 7 or 6 7 8 but I was maybe in first grade by the end of it so I I wasn't aware of the story in this documentary that's adding a lot of details um, 
even for people who probably were aware of the story. So it's just really cool. But Jordan himself, he he was just so driven and so focused on, on one thing. And he was a dick to his teammates. But it's just because he loved the game so much. And he was, like, motivating them <clears throat> to, uh, to be better and to get at his level. And if someone was taking it lightly like Steve Kerr I think he was on the 95 Bulls team uh, when Jordan came back after his 18 month time away I don't know if you know about this I did not okay so Michael Jordan won three championships mm -hmm. and then retired his, his dad was murdered um, and he you know I'm sure that had something to do with it like he mentioned his dad seeing his last ball game so like it definitely had something to do with it anyway he he starts a new chapter and he plays uh major league well not major league he plays professional baseball in the white Sox organization because the owner of the bulls also owned the white Sox. oh gotcha so you didn't know this i did not have you ever seen space jam i've seen space jam yes okay. but i didn't well, know that must he not played have seen baseball it. well he plays baseball in that in that movie oh Yes, so you probably I haven't seen it in a while. The basketball version or the basketball portion. You've probably seen the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, You've no, seen the whole movie. for sure. But I just I never knew that he played professional baseball. So he goes and you know starts a new chapter of his life, gets in baseball shape, and uh, he plays in Double A baseball. They would have put him lower, but none of the facilities could handle the the media presence that was following him around. So put him in double A and he actually had like 50 something RBIs that year and uh, you know hit over 200 his batting average was over 200 probably just barely but like double A baseball are you like that's that's no joke baseball in general is a really hard sport uh, the owner of the uh, the Bulls basically said you know in an interview that he's like he said if he had stuck with it he probably would have made it to the majors I mean, such an athlete. Dang. Um, so I don't, I don't remember why I'm telling this part of the story, but bringing it back. So he spends 10 months away playing baseball, and or 18 months away. Comes back to professional basketball. And this is this is why I was telling it. So he comes back, and Steve Kerr is on the team, and they were talking about how, uh, you know, <clears throat> Jordan had won these titles with his team, and they had, you know, really worked hard again when he came there in 84 they were trash so he builds up this really strong team and then you have a few of the new guys Steve Kerr being one of them who was maybe a little soft or flippant or like joking around at practice and uh you know Michael was like you know you didn't earn, you didn't earn this like you're resting on the laurels of people who came before you and so kind of just got on everyone and it talks about how he's just so he was like you know a jerk basically to his teammates and if you can't he would say like if you can't handle me putting pressure on you how are you going to handle the pressure of the playoffs which is it's an interesting conversation because you and I talk about this and we've experienced it together in our relationship is it better to motivate from love Oof, yeah. or like tough love Mm -hmm. And again, I would never treat you like Michael Jordan treats you. Of course. You, but I'm always, like, there have been times where I'm like, okay, tough love. Like, 
this is awesome that you did that good thing, but what comes next? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, you did that? Good job. Maybe next time we can do it and you could, you know, run that lap faster, whatever. Like, totally. Always looking for that next thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a big thing we've learned since being married. Because what, I think what, that... What have we learned? Well, just how to, you know, I don't want to say motivate, but just how to, lack of a better word, motivate someone. Well, I think it's how we just treat each other. Yeah. Like, I can't treat you like I would treat a teammate. Yes, correct. Even though, like, you know, we, we talk about, I love seeing ourselves as teammates only in that we're on the same team, mm -hmm. remember? But, but yeah, if I treat you like a teammate, yeah, that wouldn't it's not well received. It, will, yeah. it hasn't, right? Like, I've exactly. done that to you. And that's the thing that I say that we've learned is I, I think that I respond better to, you know, more love and praise and then, you know, try this next time or fix this or work on this or run this faster um well, i maybe. need a little bit of <laughs> maybe even leave that part out just praise <laughs> yeah no i definitely i need someone to say i noticed that you did this good thing and then they can tell me whatever they want but i just need them to tell me they notice that i'm doing good things right that's what keeps me going well and uh you know growing up as a dancer mm -hmm. constant comparison yep not an amazing not like a an amazing environment for a healthy mindset right totally so when i say good job addy like this is great now even if i even if i don't use the word but even if i say hey you're awesome you're doing great and then i'll say like hey let's go try this or you should try this next time that's what you focus on yeah that's where you say uh he just said I need to do better or he just suggested a way that I can yeah, do better that I'm must bad. that must mean that I'm not enough currently yeah which you know obviously we can like my goal is just always to improve of like course. we're never finished improving so I and, and if I treat you like a teammate it's the same way but like you hear that and you say I'm not enough yeah yeah I definitely think that that has um, been a result i guess from competitive dance for sure um zach as he said just the competitiveness and i had a couple teachers that would constantly just like tell us what to fix and tell us what we were doing wrong and it really took a toll on my self-esteem and so i feel like i'm getting a little bit better um especially with expressing how i feel in a, in the moment um but i definitely do I need to be told that I'm doing good things. You do? Yes, I do. <laughs> it's funny I too because like, even among all of our friends who are in the same stage of life as us, you know, newlyweds, uh -huh. we all we all learn the same lesson. Like, yeah. As much as people want to talk about how men and, uh, well, how there's no uh, like gender roles and men and women aren't different. Well, it's like <clears throat> at least, and I, I know that, sure, there are exceptions to every rule and many exceptions to every rule mm -hmm. but amongst our friends there have been no exceptions yeah. <laughs> amongst our friends everyone says the same thing like yep. oh yeah yeah i tried to be that motivating partner for my partner and she did not like that yeah you know what i mean so it's it's just funny um i ideally you know ideally i guess we meet in the middle mm -hmm. like i 
I would still like to be a force for good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have to do it in a way that makes you believe that I love you how you are right in this moment. Absolutely. Like triple down on the praise at the beginning or quadruple or Mm -hmm. quintuple or septuple. I don't know. (laughs) However, 10 times it. Yeah. For that one bit of extra. Like, you know, a couple times saying good job, maybe one time saying, hey. Uh, here's one way that we can improve and I can't even think of an example really um well one example of how like that I concrete example of what I remember is I was doing this problem while we were rock climbing oh yeah that's a great example yeah I I think I like fell off of it or something like I (sighs) I struggled with it you didn't want it and I did not want his advice and he gave it to me anyway and I snapped at him like I did not want it and from Zach's point of view, from what I understand, is he loves me and he wants me like he wants to help me improve and win. And win. Yeah, he wants to help me win. And in that moment, it was like, oh, he's better than me. Like I just got, I had already been talking to myself so negatively, and I knew that I like had quote unquote or not even quotes, but I'd failed this problem. And to hear someone else. It had, it had, could have been anybody, but to hear someone else be like, this is what you did wrong and you need to fix it. Like, I just could not handle it. And you need to fix it. You're making me sound, sound See, bad. and that's the thing though, is like, that's, that's what I hear I in my head. You, yeah. yeah. And so that's why I feel like I need praise is because no matter what you say that I need to work on, like, I will always take that seriously. So if it, if it's prefaced with, here are all the reasons I love you and like, this is why you're so awesome and this is what you did that's good work on this then I'll be like yes 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 I know he loves me and yes I need to work on that yeah and for something as objective as rock climbing totally you know what I mean? it's like it has nothing to do with you as a person yeah or how much I love you so for me I you know I didn't see any red tape or caution tape like it's just a totally objective thing it's like mm-hmm. oh okay yeah I mean you need to put your foot here and stand up here like it's like totally has nothing to do with who you are as a person right and how I feel about you and I think that that goes you know well that's a lesson I think that that you're learning with a lot of different things Mm -hmm. and again like I want to make sure that I'm changing and compromising in a positive way as much as you are right but I will say that I think that um you know you're learning that uh things like rock climbing or even and you know I don't know like your weight totally like a scale mm-hmm. like your scale and your rock climbing abilities and my rock climbing abilities and my weight like has nothing to do with you and your value as a person totally. it's just an objective fact mm-hmm. like we are you and i are objectively different right yeah like i have longer arms i'm stronger mm-hmm. i'm a man yeah like you like i'm gonna be better at rock climbing yeah i'm just going to be well, you like you could you definitely have the potential to practice 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 and and get better than me but like you know at the start and so like it's, it has nothing to do with you personally or who you are as a as a person mm-hmm. but like the the scale thing i think you should touch on i find it yeah i mean again like my it's something i probably will always have to work on while it's grown in great ways 10 times over my self esteem has like really taken a hit and I've had self-esteem issues for a long time Um, which is ridiculous right because objectively you're in the the, as I've said before you're in the 
one percent. You're in the point zero one percent as far as of every category, really. Yeah. Like you're beautiful. You're smart. Oh, thanks. I want. I mean, and I'm being objective. Right. You know what I mean? I really am. Like yeah. you look at the numbers, the vast numbers. You're in the zero point zero zero one percent. Yeah. You really are. Totally. Which yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that now, and I I can acknowledge that. But you know, three four years ago, that was not the case. Like I. Or even if you spend five minutes on Instagram, that's not the case. One hundred percent. Because totally. you're looking at all these other people, and it's just like this tiny scope. Yeah. No, it's been, it's been a road. But anyway, as far as the scale goes, like I used to get on the scale, and like I would, I was afraid of the scale, as many women are. Um, and just since kind of like working on my mental health and stuff like that, I don't know what specific thing you wanted me to touch on, but. No, I mean, I just like you're you're learning that has nothing to do with your value yeah like it's it's literally just feedback yes you know if you if you make word. these certain choices you get this certain feedback if mm-hmm. i jump into the water my body gets wet if i eat bad food my body responds in a certain way yeah i'm still me but like the scale is just a number it's just feedback right totally. and it, it tells a story mm-hmm. but it doesn't like take away from your value as a human it doesn't determine your self-worth and it's there if you want it and it's there if you don't want it like you can say all right well sure i want to improve my health it's just one way to see feedback yeah same with uh if you're working on your mile time did i improve my mile time that's that's feedback Mm -hmm. you know did i get a blood test recently and am i deficient in certain vitamins do i need more vitamin d which everyone does like (laughs) that is just it's just another piece of feedback absolutely and that was a big lesson that I have learned or I guess have begun down the path of learning is the huge weight of the word feedback right like it's not a negative thing it's not a positive thing it's just a thing um and I think that's important to remember too we've talked a lot about like failures and we've talked about even with how we'd like to view failure with our kids and stuff like failure is by no means a bad thing and should be not encouraged but like oh no it should be encouraged yeah i mean at least and like kind of praised i guess like yeah uh i can't remember where it was read i think we read it together but there was a man who would sit at the dinner table and ask his kids like what they failed on today yeah i think that might be in uh the jack canfield book like success principles maybe Mm -hmm. um yeah, well, that's what I was going to say when you brought up rock climbing. Like, failure, like, our your relationship with failure, my, especially, well, I can speak for myself, my relationship with failure was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, no one wants to fail, right? Yeah. And that's, I would say the vast majority of people are like this. Nobody wants to fail. Mm-hmm. I played baseball growing up. That game is full of failure. If you're good, if, if you're really good, then you fail seven out of 10 times at the plate, right? And that's if you're good. And so like, yeah, I, I don't know how um, to teach that, to reverse that teaching from, well, I mean, we've seen examples, but like it would, it would be great to teach our kids and to continue to teach ourselves mm-hmm. that failure is the only way to progress. Yeah. Like you're not going to be good at things the first time and if you are you got lucky and it's a fluke and it's not going to be like that for everything yeah. but like like for so back to rock climbing you know when when i see 
you know, like you fail a route or a problem, um, good. You know what I mean? I see that and say, uh, good. Now mm-hmm. here's how to fix it. It's totally objective. Yeah. At least my relationship with rock climbing failure is fine. You know, I can <laughs> safely say right. that I am totally okay with failing at that because it's so removed from like who I am as a person. I understand mm-hmm. it's just a side thing. So Yeah. And that's important to note too is I think that failure for a lot of people is tied to their self-worth and that's why it's such a scary thing. Like mm-hmm. failure has such a negative connotation at least in this day and age um, that like trying new things people don't want to do because of the fear of failure. Of the fe- fe- Excuse me. Fear of looking and feeling dumb. Right? Totally. And I know that's held me back from trying a lot of new things in the past is because I know I won't be the best at it. And, you know, I feel like I've been groomed by dance to try and be the best mm-hmm. at what you do. And, like, obviously being the best is great and awesome, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like that has it had inhibited me from trying new things because I was so afraid of failure because failure in my head was a bad thing. Yeah, we're about to cross roads with, you know, something that I think is really important because when you start talking about that dance and organized sports for me mm-hmm. you become obsessed with winning and, mm-hmm. and not losing and you start to tie your identity into oh I need to be a winner I need to be you know I'm the baseball player right I'm the dancer mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Addie the dancer or the dancer named Addie yeah right and I'm the baseball player named Zach um, and you know I think that you can learn so much from dance, so much from sports. Which we have. Um, with the right perspective. Yeah. Like, as, you know, Bailey, my twin sister, is starting to, like, do these workshops with dancers, teaching a lesson that our dad taught us growing up. Even though I didn't, like, uh, especially in high school, live at my dad's house. I was always at my mom's. Um you know, he would always say to me growing up, remember, you're Zach who plays baseball. You're not a baseball player named Zach. And so I think our relationship with failure comes from a mistaken identity. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, well, if I'm a baseball player, then my worth comes from playing baseball and winning instead of I'm Zach and my worth comes from being a good person. Totally. You know, so... Uh, we shouldn't be afraid of organized sports or of dance. We should be afraid with, uh, you know, becoming obsessed with winning mm-hmm. and, you know, associating our identity with those types of things yeah. that we're doing. Obsessed with winning and, you know, avoiding failure. Like, I would love to teach our kids to just, like, jump right into something new and that failure's a wonderful thing. It's a tool. Yeah. Again, like, feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the example I was going to bring up in that uh, Success Principles book mm-hmm. is um, like uh, there's there's a, a dad or a mom, I can't remember who is in the story, but basically uh, their child comes to them carrying some milk or something in oh, the kitchen, yes. yep. spills it everywhere. And instead of scolding them because they failed at carrying milk, you know, that would be teaching them the wrong lesson. They say, oh, look at this. You made a mess. Should we get down in it and play with it since it's already dirty? 
and then you play in the spilt milk for a second because it's not a big deal you play mm -hmm. in it and you say all right now that we've learned how to you know i guess spill the milk or carry it unsuccessfully or however you want to phrase it mm -hmm. let's go out and go into the the yard and uh, get some water in a bowl or whatever you know and, and practice how to do it right you know or how to do it without spilling i don't even mm -hmm. want to say the word right but to, how to do it without to spilling. achieve your goal so if, if if a parent reacts badly at a moment like that i feel like the child is immediately going to say oh i failed and he's mad at me yeah bad. so it's bad instead totally. of oh i learned something mm -hmm. this you know what just happened is a tool for learning that's the lesson that that you want to take away it's the lesson you want to teach your kids it's the lesson that i want to continue to learn because mm -hmm. for sure you know at work i don't want to fail totally you know, at making you know a living i don't want to fail but you know like we'll be even if i did we would be okay and right. what lessons might i learn from trying something new so yeah it's not a lesson that you stop learning or that you immediately stop avoiding failure because you're an adult yeah and i agree like that's how we should raise our kids and that's one reason i really love our neighbors um you and i have talked about the way that they parent a lot and something i really appreciate appreciate about them is you know they enforce consequences but they also make sure that their kids they're only two and three but their kids are very aware of what happened right like they're learning from the experience and it's never a like you failed and you're in trouble and it's always bad. like okay let's talk through this like what went wrong you know x y and z and they make sure that their kids understand that they are totally loved like this doesn't change the fact that they're loved it doesn't make them loved any less it just means that like it's a learning experience which is something that i really 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 appreciate and admire about the way that they parent mm -hmm. yeah like they're not mean about it mm -hmm. like it's it's simply it's objective mm -hmm. kind of like we were talking about before they're, they're objective about consequences like like you know i love you but if you continue to hit your brother like um you know you're gonna have to go have a timeout. Mm -hmm. and their voice their tone is calm like they still you know they communicate that nothing has come between them as parents and children like they you know they don't love them any less they're they're not in you know they're not in like a shameful kind of trouble it's yeah. just it is what it is like mm -hmm. okay um what and and oftentimes don't they ask them what their consequence should yeah, be yeah they do that sometimes um, i mean you probably can't get away with that very often but. totally and the the way that i've seen things is there are concrete rules if they are not followed it's an automatic you know consequence mm -hmm. um but in other regards it's you know you can choose to have the timeout, or you can choose something else, a different form of learning or punishment or whatever, mm -hmm. consequence, I should say. Um, and, you know, if the kid chooses the timeout, like, they'll often let the child choose how long they sit in timeout for. Like, mm -hmm. it's still a choice that they're making, and they don't make it as, like, a, here's your punishment, feel bad about it. It's a, let's take a break and figure out, you know, where the road turned and let's get back back onto it mm -hmm. um and i think that oh i just lost my train of thought but anyway it's just really well, yeah, important to you know 
teach everyone around us, including ourselves, that failure is not a bad thing. Right. And yeah. that it's possible to grow. And uh, it's impossible to grow without failure. Right. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever, yeah, I mean, like, these are all, these are all great plans, right, for our future children. Totally. Right? We have no experience. Nope. We're not going to do it perfectly. Nope. That's one thing that um, I love about the book that you and I just read, which is Willpower Doesn't Work. Yes. Because if you try and rely on willpower, you know, if I tried to rely on willpower, say, to, um, to keep a good relationship with you, it's probably going to fail. Like what, what this book teaches. Well, maybe I'll, I'll use a different example to make it simpler. If you have a candy bar in your cabinet, it's gonna get eaten. You know, like if you expect yourself to use your willpower to resist that candy bar, like you might be able to resist it for a while, but it's not gonna be forever, mm-hmm. and it will get eaten. And so, how you win is you change your circumstances, so you don't have to exercise that willpower. You exercise a tiny bit of willpower at the beginning to change your circumstances, and then your circumstances shoot you to success, right? Mm-hmm. You throw away all your all your candy in an instant, just like that. And then you don't have to worry about resisting future candy bars. Yeah. And so when it comes to maybe yours and I, your, our relationship, um, we haven't been consistent as of lately. Um, and I think mostly because like we are getting into a habit of communicating on a, like really communicating on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. but, um, something that we've done in the past and something that I definitely want to continue to do in the future is our Sunday Mm check-ins, which is, you know, how let's, let's assume our, our relationship is, you know, well, we used to rate it. We used to say, all right, on a scale of one to 10, where are we at? okay let's say an eight nine and then is there anything we need to talk about like why is it there did i offend you in any way how can i do things better Mm -hmm. um and then the more most important part of that conversation in my eyes is how do we take it to the next step yeah and that was what we were doing at the beginning now it's more so like is there anything you need to bring up and b how do we get our relationship to an 11 yeah right out of 10 like you, you clean up the garbage and we can just assume it's a 10 like how do we make it an 11 like mm-hmm. what can we do this week yeah to make it better have you like what are your thoughts on so that? I really 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 love the Sunday check-ins um, and I especially did when we first started doing it because I was one uh, to basically hold in my emotions and not really want to talk about things I wasn't the world's best communicator and so to have those Sunday check-ins, I felt like, you know, if Zach was asking me if there was anything I needed to bring up, like it was now or it was never. I can't bring it up in an argument later down the road and expect it to be valid. Um, and that for me, like it was almost like an expiration date for, you every, know. Yeah, every week. Yeah. And so it really helped me to be able to like bring something up because I know that that's like when I need to do it. And I think that that really helped now because... You know, it's it's just do it now. It's better to do it when it happens. Um, I don't know. And I think that's the most value I've gotten out of it is, like, the importance of bringing it up and also the importance of letting it go. 
Like mm-hmm. you have the conversation, you're a team, you figure it out, you solve whatever's going on, and then it's over and it's done. Like it can't be brought up in later arguments. Um, you know, it's not, I don't know, it's just supposed to, you can learn from the lesson, but the example is now invalid. Yeah. It's interesting too, because like some people, like my brother Easton, for example, he always jokes that people tell him like people gave him marriage advice saying never go to bed angry and mm-hmm. he laughs because he says you know emily and i do that and we wake up and we realized that we were tired and it was a stupid argument yeah right so there's not one way of doing things but of course. i found that you and i definitely like we we talk through it until we're good yeah and we've stayed up pretty late you know just when it's not convenient sometimes just mm-hmm. to make sure. So I don't know what the right way is. I have no yeah. idea, but like I well, definitely well. think that erring on the side of, er, if I have to err, it'd be on the side of over-communicating just Absolutely. a little bit. Like you start under-communicating and then it builds into under-communicating, right? And then more and more and more and pretty soon you've built a wall. Yeah. You don't want to climb over or break through. Yeah, it's almost more energy as long as the as long as the communication is like you know it's not overbearing right because i'm sure if you over communicated always forever like that would be just as bad and you'd get so sick of each other it's like get this person out of my face totally like there's definitely you know there's something to be said about being able to just brush the little things off i read a book I can't remember where, again, I should be better at remembering where I read these things, but there was a... Who cares? Just take um, the lessons and move on. <laughs> yeah. Someone was saying, uh, it was this man and a woman, and the man used to always get so upset that the woman would leave like the dresser drawers open after getting dressed. He'd always get upset and close them, and they'd argue about it. And then one day, this woman, I think, gets cancer, and she's really sick, and the complaining about the drawers from the husband just like stopped immediately and it still happened and one day this wife is like why haven't you brought it up like I know it bugs you and he's like yes but you got sick and I started thinking like that's the one thing that I will bring up as a memory like oh it bugged me so bad but if I could you know close one more of her open drawers like I would totally do it and that's you know it kind of gave him some perspective Um, And I bring that up because I think that there's value in letting the little things go, right? Mm -hmm. Like, don't worry about the toilet seat. It's going to be just fine, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you do pick your battles, um, and you you learn when it's necessary to bring it up, like if you're actually hurting. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could could say the same thing about little hair things I find all over the house. And it really doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But if it did, I'd definitely say something. Absolutely. And in See, addition... And that's the thing is where you and I might disagree a tiny bit. Like, yeah. I'm always going to be the person to over-communicate. Yeah. Like, if I find something... Like, because I'm, I'm deathly afraid of letting walls get built around me, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, like, constantly looking See. for them. Yeah. Like, I'm on alert. Like, okay. Uh, I, I got to say something just in case, mm-hmm. just in case I become like resentful. Well, and something. one thing I have to applaud you for is making all of our conversations. And I understand that it's both of us doing it, but you definitely kind of take the leaderboard in making it a safe conversation. We're on the same team. Yeah. We're on the same team. 
Absolutely. But we've read this. It's Crucial Conversations. I don't know who it's by. Anyway, um, it basically just talks about how important it is to make um, a crucial conversation safe for both people. Uh, Make them feel heard and understood and loved and important, basically. Um, And I think that's one of the huge um, components of our successful conversations is like we don't fight we do have conversations and disagreements but we mm-hmm. never fight and I think it's because well I know it's because we keep it safe and we keep it a conversation and we are open to hearing each other and understanding each other well, and most times fighting doesn't get anywhere right yeah. so the whole point of crucial conversations is that if you actually have a message like you hurt my feelings or you know I really need to tell you about this like if you have something that you need the other person to hear there's no chance that they're going to actually receive it if they don't feel safe, mm-hmm. if they feel attacked. Because if they feel attacked, if they feel unsafe, like, they're, like their walls go up, right? Yeah. And every, they're on defense and they'll start saying, well, blah, 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 what about this, what about that? They're not listening at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's definitely, I agree. Like we, we, like I don't think we've really ever raised our voices. Like, no. It's always been like, all right, how do we how do we think through this? How do we communicate? Like how do we accurately accurately but still, you know, make the person feel safe mm-hmm. and get your message across cuz again, you're not going to make any progress otherwise. Right. It's the only way to make progress. Yeah. So, yeah. And we are by no means perfect, obviously, like we're still learning every day, but I do think that that is becoming one of our strengths. We've made good progress and like yeah even with recording this right it's it's fun to have history recorded Mm -hmm. it's not because i think we're perfect it's not because it's not because i want to teach uh other people how to be like zach and daddy right the reason why is it's because uh it's one of those things that people don't do and like sitting down and having a conversation like this it's you know we're forcing ourselves to do it because we're recording it right yeah. But when was the last time you and I did this? Oh. Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, a joke, but seriously. Yeah, I mean, we've been recording for almost an hour and a half. There have been, you know, no phones have been looked at. There have been no distractions. I've just been, like, looking at you in the face. And it's been so comfortable and fun. So, yeah, like, this is an exercise, mm-hmm. right? It's not, like, so anyone... Don't want anyone to get the wrong idea. Totally. Thinking that we think we're good at stuff. No. Well, you know, like this is part of this is part of the failure. Like this is part of the learning. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it would be cool to sit down and like, you know, be focused on a conversation on each yeah. other. And honestly, like, you know, we've kind of been talking to this imaginary third person yeah. for some of it. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely would like to do this more than just once a year. More than just once a year, I think. Because it's it's been cool to like kind of think back on what we've learned or memories or people that we've come across. It just, I don't know. It's yeah, cool. Yeah. And to have this forever, too. Like, that's what's going to be cool is in, you know, 5, 10, 100 years. Not 100, hopefully 100. You and I can look back at this and be like, oh my gosh. This is where we were I'm at. Say, we in, had no during idea two what years we were of marriage. Talking. Exactly. <laughs> That's like, what we're gonna say. We 
we're just like too i don't know idiots exactly but we're trying though absolutely and so i think that this is just, just gonna be a really cool thing to look back on like hear our own voices i don't know i think it's awesome i need to take a pee break okay pee break check successful <laughs> um one thing i wanted to I guess talk about uh, just another quick uh, recap of I guess the year and maybe what we have coming mm -hmm. like for instance uh, before coronavirus my uh, trip with Rob and Steve yeah that was awesome that was really cool for you yeah for me <laughs> um, and for me yeah that's true you you had some fun I got a girl's trip with lies um, to Disneyland and just hung out. So in December, um, before yeah, like before coronavirus, at the beginning of December, I went with Rob and Steve and a handful of Steve's smoke jumper buddies down to El Salvador, and we went to a surf surf camp, surf ranch, on whatever you want to call it, just a surf resort, and it was just. The best trip I've ever been on. It was so much fun. Aside from, you know, out of the trips where Addie wasn't present, it was the best trip trip that I've ever been on. I wouldn't even be offended if it was one of the best, even of the ones I was involved in. I yeah, I remember. You know, we didn't talk that much, but every time you would Facetime, you'd either be like in a hammock with a beach view, or you know, reading a book with a beach view. Like you just seemed in heaven. It was awesome. The water was warm. The resort, like where we were staying, Rob and I's little like little house hut thing was, you know, you open up the curtain. There's the beach. There's the water. Mm -hmm. It was so fun walking, oh. walking through the streets, eating pupusas for twenty five cents. <laughs> I mean, again, it's I bring it up because like I definitely don't want to go on another surf trip if you're not there. Unless this winter, when if you end up working, yeah. and I'm forced to do it, then I will. But uh, but yeah, I definitely wanted you there. But what I was gonna say is like, it's I don't I really don't know if it's a, a bring your wives kind of surf trip like yeah, armed guards that were staying at there that would like be at the resort all night at the beginning or at the front and the back shotguns mm -hmm. like armed guards. And all the places around us all had like, you know, high brick walls and glass and yeah. barbed wire. It was definitely not quite the vibe. Definitely for a couple's vacation. And funny enough, like, I mean, at the end of it, driving back to the airport, there there was a an LDS church on the side of the road. Looked like it had been built in the last five years. Like <laughs> super nice, you know, Jeez. just standing out. Yikes. I remember... They're everywhere. I picked you up from the airport. They are everywhere. And you had brought back some, like, sweets or treats from El Salvador. Mm. Some of them were garbage, though, And I, I was going to say, I, I would say, like, 98% of them I was not a fan of. I think I ate the good ones in the airport. Oh, that would make sense. Maybe. I don't doubt that they were Yeah, yeah, ones, honestly, but... it probably was, probably was, like, the ones I didn't end up liking. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the coconut. It was horrible. She, yeah, it so, wasn't my see, favorite. 
She was the one, the lady working at the stand. I was like, which one's your favorite? She said that one. I did not like it. Yeah. But. Different taste buds, I guess. But yeah, I want to go on a surf trip with you. Let's go. Again, I'm down. If Let's you're going to be available, though, they keep you on a tight I know. This will schedule. be a very tight ship, I think. Now so, that we're probably on a time crunch. So what do we have coming up? What do we have coming up? We will be moving, obviously, to Utah. So we're going to sell all of our stuff here, move to Utah for hopefully a short time. You know, four to six months. I'm offended. You don't like Utah? <laughs> I would rather live somewhere else, I think. Hmm. Like, I definitely love being around family in Utah. Definitely a pro, but I love California. I love, I don't know. I just think it'd be really cool to go live yeah. somewhere else. You California know, born and raised there. I want to be somewhere new. California has been very, very fun. We live in Santa Monica. We've got an apartment three blocks from the beach. Mm -hmm. It's rent controlled. It's one bedroom, so it's small. That's and perfect. It's interesting, too, because, like, as I've said to you, my biggest gripe with Utah as of right now is the air quality. Yeah. I know that sounds stupid, but, you know, when I lived there after I lived in Vegas, went back to Utah for a couple of years, lived in Provo, lived with my dad in Lehigh, I would drive around the point of the mountain on my way to work every day and see that dark cloud, the smog, the inversion, mm -hmm. and it was depressing. Yeah. It was really depressing, and that's the thing about California, like, there's you don't a, get that here. Well, I just, I look at it like this. Like, when, when I'm in Utah, and let's say I'm, let's just compare it to, like, elevation in the ground, mm -hmm. right? So, Utah, right here, right in the middle at zero. Then you have the smog. All right, take me down one. Then this is just how it applies to me, yeah, right? The smog takes me down one. Um, I think that there could be some, like, residual uh, Sunday blues kind of because I grew up there and didn't have complete control over my life in high school. You know what I mean? There's like mm -hmm. this helplessness almost. Yes. Like hamster wheel helplessness that I start to feel. Yeah. So like th that's two strikes against me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. No beach. Let's, yeah. let's take that. <laughs> take that. Super down. long, dark nights. Yeah. Like, like winter mornings were like I hated them when I had to wake up for drill or even school in the morning, like waking up to pitch black freezing cold and having to wipe down your car mm -hmm. like that to me is just something and I know it's something so silly and if we do end up in Utah we'll figure it out and be totally fine um but I want to just try somewhere new somewhere different than where we were both born and raised right so we have these strikes yes sorry let's go back to that you cut her off her sorry that's okay um <laughs> I was just saying so like I'm, I'm at negative three right now right yeah. and there are positives absolutely people will say well mountains yes that's true but like i can't do that it's very it would be very difficult you to do it before work every day yeah right like california well the first the first thing someone like disputing my california claim would say is well la has horrible air quality so you you shut like, up you hypocrite. not an argument it's like well we've we figure that one out because we live in Santa Monica and there's always like an ocean breeze. Yeah, it's always good. So it's the ocean air smells good. It 
my my shoulders just kind of relax whenever I feel mm-hmm. it. There's something so special about like looking at the waves and seeing endless water. You know what I mean? Yes. It kind of does something for your brain. Um, and surfing is something you can do every day. Yeah. Before work, as long I mean as long as you live close and as long as there's waves. So it's not perfect, but like I don't know. I just feel like when I'm in California, in order to be like a ha- five on like a five on the happy scale i'm starting at zero right but mm-hmm. if i want to get to a five on the happy scale and i'm in utah i'm starting at negative three that's yeah. just how i personally feel yeah totally well and i don't know i just have found that i'm a better version of myself when i'm here and i don't like that could obviously be related to just the fact that i'm growing here you know i'm hmm. I'm learning new things while I'm here. Well, you've, this is, like, you haven't really lived in Utah since high school. Yeah. Like, that might just be a new phase of your life. Absolutely. So, I mean, I can't necessarily say much to that, but I don't know. I just appreciate being out here and my quality of life out here in general. What about it? Oh, I just like, like... I don't know. I think that I personally am my best self when I'm here in terms of, you know. And you turn into Mr. No. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. I Hyde when you're is, back in Utah? This is a, an interesting part of the podcast, I guess. But no, I, I just, I feel like I get, I get pushed back into my old, like, high school ways of who I am when I'm in Utah. Hmm. You know, like... Some insecurities come back. Some now, now, you know. Now you're landing your plane. Yes, now I'm landing the plane. Took me a minute, but I think that that maybe is why I'm resistant to Utah. It's because I fall back into old habits yeah. that I would rather not be well, in Bailey because I'm a better thing, person. Right? Mm-hmm. Like some of her insecurities start to come out just yeah. because that's you know where you experienced those insecurities. Yeah, and I you know. I by no means I have a long way to go, but I do think that the where I'm at now, I like this person better mm. than I liked myself in high school. Yeah. And I think that that's why I have resistance to Utah. Yeah, and part of that's not Utah's fault necessarily. Right? Absolutely. You could have been born in Montana or Canada. Of course, yeah, been anywhere. Bullied, never want to go back. Exactly. Yeah, I guess. So, I guess can't we'll blame see. Utah, but unfortunately. I can blame Utah for a few things. Yeah. For the air quality. And for not having surfable waves on mm-hmm. a consistent basis. I will say, if we go back this winter, I'm super excited to hang out with Rob and... What was Keep that? Going. I was going to say friends, but you were... Um, hang out with Rob and... Uh, <sighs> hang out. Sorry. Yeah, you shot my train of thought down. Um, hang out with Rob and do some snow kiting. Oh, yeah. Because he, uh, he has a kite. He's a hang glider. That would be fun, too. But that's a little scary. Yeah. It would be fun, though. I'd like to try. Very down. But, yeah, back to the original question. You know, what are some things we have in mind for the future? Obviously, we'll move, but... Sell our stuff. Sell our stuff. I don't know. You know when I'll graduate it might be within the next year so graduation for me could be potentially a thing 
Um, what else? I think that's... Do the season of High School Musical. Yep. Maybe do some Airbnbs if season three doesn't start right away. Yeah. Go I'd love to go down to Costa Rica. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, that's assuming the world goes back to normal. Yes. I don't even... Maybe you can travel right now. I don't know. Yeah. But all in all, it's been a great last two years of marriage, I think. Definitely. We're winning. Marriage winning. Marriage winning? Who are we competing yes. against? Nobody. <laughs> we're winning because we're... That's easy when you don't have any competition. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're not competing against anyone, so... No, we're, we're winning and we're losing at the same time, and it's great. Wow. Half full, we're winning. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I think... Should we wrap it up? I guess. We need to go to JD Pops. Yep. Celebrate the Bates' birthday. But uh, this was really fun. We'll have to do it again. Okay, I love you. I love you. Happy anniversary yesterday. Anniversary. Okay, bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we can, we can chop it. You know what I mean? Like stop yeah. recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cut it off. <laughs>